Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Welcome to Monday, which means a hometown hero. And we're back. We've had some issues. So optimize my life. We are going to do a couple quick announcements. Coming up in a week, a little over a week and a half, is 9-11, so actually two weeks from today. And as you know, on our show, we do a week of honoring, remembering, and embracing what happened that day so that we don't forget what happened and all the lives that were changed. The people that stood up and called for duty and decided to enlist in the military to help the country the people who ran into the buildings instead of out of to help everybody else get out, the empowerment that we shared as a nation to help each other, that we tend to forget 20 years later. It is our modern-day Pearl Harbor. And so all week long, we will be hosting different guests. We'll be talking about different stories, honoring those who sacrificed everything they had. And still to this day, embrace that movement and that feeling of giving instead of taking. I'd love to welcome our guest today, Kezia, and I'm probably going to butcher your name. She is (laughs) a spiritual guide, a coach, among many other things, and I hate to say couch because that industry is so, and I'm in that industry, is so overwhelmed with individuals and everybody who has anything calls themselves a coach today. And our job is to help connect you with the real ones that know what they're doing that will be able to help you. And she is one of those. Welcome today. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for that introduction, and thank you for your confidence in me and my both my heart and my skills that are available to serve the people around me. Uh, you know, our goal in this show is to highlight organizations and individuals and get their spotlight out there to eliminate the clouds that cover everything yeah. to help weed out those that are doing more harm than good to our industry. Yes. Yeah. Like you said, it, dil- it dilutes the 
it dilutes the pool of options and it makes it harder for people to actually get the care and the resourcing that they need. So yeah, being able to refer truly authentic and valuable services is is so important. It is, especially with what you do. You are you do something that's different than a lot of people in the industry, which I love because I'm one of those that <laughs> doing something that's not heard of. And that makes it yeah. even a little bit harder to get your name out there. It's true. It's true. Let's talk about what you do and what got you started into this whole rabbit hole. I call them rabbit holes because once you start in this industry, you keep finding new little holes to go into and finding more things out. And it's just a never ending cycle of learning. I think as with many people who have a very specific niche, it really is just my own journey and my own story that has like led me there. So because I have a history of trauma and abuse, which is common for many people, um, but we have different ways of like maybe handling it or coping with it. But I think like my particular journey of learning to heal from my trauma and abuse and the specific, you know, circumstances that I was dealing with surrounding that, like at that, at, for much of my journey, I was living below the poverty line. So I didn't have access to, you know, it's not like I could just pay a therapist $125 every week to go to therapy. And um, I didn't have good insurance that would cover that covered therapy or mental health stuff and things like that. So I had to do so much work myself, just like learning, growing, expanding, being able to understand the nature of trauma and then being able to, then there came like a spirituality piece where I had grown up in a, in a almost like a cultish uh, sect. And so there was some uh, harm that happened around that. And so as I was kind of like dealing with the, the spiritual and the religious aspect of my trauma, um, you know, and like, and also like not wanting to leave spirituality, like that was an important part of my life. So figuring out like, what is a new way that I can grow and heal and still have a healthy spirituality that also you know, like gives me space to heal from some of the religious harm that I'd experienced. So it's just like, you know, my own journey led me down a very specific track because of my history and my circumstances. And I've always been a learner and a grower. So it just made sense to me to be like, I'm going to pursue, going to pursue learning and I'm going to pursue some certifications around this and, um, and just start incorporating this into my daily life so that, so that I can emerge um, emotionally and mentally from the the depression and the trauma and the other like mental emotional health issues that I had associated with my trauma. And then, um, you know, it's only made sense to like, now that I have all those resources and have come to such a like more beautiful and healthy place in my own life, to want to turn back around and like accompany other people through their own journeys. So yeah, that's kind of how I got here. Now, the one thing I love how you said that was the fact that you grew up in a faith-based environment. Yeah. And faith is a great thing. We're strong believers in our house. My kids have now yeah. used the Bible against me. Eh? For instance. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. So we're sitting in my daughter's room. We're redoing her closet to turn into her safe space, her meditation area. 
I let mm-hmm. her paint it. And so we were cleaning out her room and I go, well, tomorrow you have to go clean your room, finish cleaning your room. She looks at me and she goes, mom, I can't do that. Like, Why not? And I'm waiting for some smart answer or whatever. And she goes, mom, tomorrow's Sunday. And I go, I know it's Sunday. I'm glad you know it's Sunday. Why can't you do it on Sunday? She goes, mom, it is Sabbath because we're Christian. Yeah. She goes, that's yeah. a day of rest. So I can't do yeah. it. I have to rest. Because God says rest. Yeah, I just looked at her. I shook my head and walked away. I go, how do you argue with this? And they're not exactly wrong. (laughs) Yeah. But you didn't take that. So many people who've had bad experiences with faith just delete it and are so against it. But you used it to say, this is the good parts of this. This is the bad part. And continue keeping your faith. Yeah. So what's interesting is that you actually brought up Sabbath, and I would say, like, Sabbath is actually a thing that I still practice. Like, that was actually one of the healing practices that I maybe, like, grew closer to um, and being like, no, in a world where where we tend to be so busy and so pro- production-oriented and it's like, you know, we work, 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 and we stay, and we stay scheduled and we have so much going on and we never rest. And I was like, oh, like, I need more. If I'm going to recover my mental and emotional health, like, I need more rest in my life. I need to take this seriously. So I really committed to, like, a Sabbath practice. Um, and I, so I think, like, there are beautiful things in, uh, in so many of the religions. Like, you may not agree with the entire system, but I think there's something to learn from each religious system. And what I've thought to do as I've grown is to not dismiss any of them, but to, like, like cultivate or learn from what seems healthy in each approach and, and use that to grow. Right. And I love that. You know, we call it – it was funny when my daughter used it as Sabbath because we call it family fun day in our house. You know, one yeah. day a week is family fun day where we turn off all electronics and we just yeah. do something together. Yeah. Yeah. That's so healthy. And that's actually part of, um, you and I were talking about this a little bit, like that's actually so much part of our relationship building skills. And I would view spirituality as as a relational thing as well. So I think when we invest in our spirituality and in our faith, that is actually strengthening our ability to to engage relationships in a healthy way. So I view spirituality and relationship building and like healthy relational practices as very closely linked. And they really are. And what they've found through studies is people who belong to um, a faith-based anything have a better mental health. They have that sense of belonging. Yes. Yep. And I want to say to like, you know, for people in the audience who maybe have had painful experiences with, you know, what what we would call like organized religion um, and and feel maybe like like scared or un, unsafe in those environments, but who have a spirituality that's maybe more like nature based. So this could be like like they go into their garden and they meditate like that's actually still, even though you may not be practicing your spirituality or your faith with a lot of other people on a consistent basis, 
you're still actually tuning into these principles of like connection and belonging, like noticing you're noticing the earth, you're noticing your own being and belonging here on earth, and you're opening your heart. So a lot of it is like this this work of opening our hearts. When we've been hurt, it's easy to close our hearts. And so even when you're in, if you engage in more of a solo uh, faith or practice, like you're you're still gaining the benefit from it. You're still like opening your heart to your belonging on the earth and like to, to the giving and receiving of love, which is just so fundamental to to us as human beings. It, well, the sad part is, is I really believe with electronics and social media and everything going on in this day and age, we tend to close ourselves off mm-hmm. and go into isolation and just uh, we're not communicating with nature with mm-hmm. anything. Mhm. Mhm. And we're becoming more isolated, not knowing how to open ourselves up. Yes. Yeah. And that is actually why I feel like spirituality is maybe necessary now more than ever. And why I think it's important to actually maybe decouple, like if you have found a sense of community or belonging within more of like an organized religious structure, great, like excellent, good for you. I like may that nourish and strengthen you. And also if you're one of those people where that particular organization or that particular framework doesn't work for you, still cultivating a spirituality is going to be, it's going to be vital to, to your humanity. And so finding a spirituality that matches you, that supports you, and that brings you, that brings you consistently into that practice of opening your heart, of connecting. Um, the, you know, there's so many studies out there right now that uh, talk about the epidemic of loneliness. And, and that's just, that's a byproduct of number one late stage capitalism that's actually <laughs> which I won't go into that rabbit trail but it's also like this you know we lack relational skills and so um, and so we disconnect to keep ourselves safe in relationships and in the world and spirituality helps us reopen and reengage and reconnect which is vital for our health and um yeah, so I think spirituality is just important now more than ever. And finding a spirituality that matches you, whatever that looks like, even if it's different than what your grandma taught you, even if it's different than what you grew up practicing, like it's difficult to leave a, a faith of origin, but sometimes it's necessary. And if, it's, if, you, if you're one of the people that's had to do that, like don't just give up on spirituality or religion or faith altogether. There are ways to like migrate <laughs> into a different spirituality that's still going to support you and be an essential part of you being a healthy human and being able to stay connected and find belonging and well-being in the world. You know, and the great part is, is the blessing of social media and of the web is that there are others out there like you. You're so not true. the only one like that. It's yes. easier to connect a little bit just to find a place yes. to reach out and get help. Yes. Yeah. And I love that you're mentioning that because it is easy to almost like like blame all of our problems or blame all of our disconnection on, say, like technology or social media. 
um, that can be like, well, yeah, because of because of social media, we're all on our phones now. But there there are also gifts and blessings and and opportunities that come through it too. And I think um, I think even going through COVID helped us understand that part of social media in a different way because as as difficult as COVID was for so many of us, it actually opened opened our understanding of new healing connective ways to use technological interfaces to support people. Can I jump in right there? Yes, sir. Just, you know, I always sit back and listen, propose, and I love it when you guys talk, Mary, because females and males have a different perspective from different <laughs> From everything, just for everything. Ask the man the same question that you asked ten other women, and they all have different answers. But I do <laughs> remember reading in that little book because I'm not very much, Mary. You know, I'm not a very much of a social media person. But I do remember reading in that little book where he said it is not good. When God said it was good, thought was good, it was good. It's good, but not necessarily in that order. But he said it is not good for man slash woman, we're equal in essence, we're just different in function, to be alone. So I, I, we we always try to offer up solutions or other ideas or suggestions to people when they don't have the solution. The solution now, here comes two synopsis, Mary. One is what you, everybody wants to be a part of something we just talked about that. Two since the church's institutions and those wonderful places that we go uh, got shut down during the virus and we don't go to church regularly or we don't go to the mosque or we don't go to the temple, what happens when one does not participate in social media, don't go to the local churches, don't go to the local functions? What suggestions do we have for people that want to be a part of something but are not? You go to the grocery store? <laughs> right, well, you go to the grocery store? <laughs> Just even so going, when you go to the grocery store, saying hi to the person in front of you or behind you in line. Start a conversation. You'd be amazed where those conversations lead. <laughs> so, so I... Like the library, like going to the library and just many libraries host, you know, even if you're not much of a reader, so maybe you're not going to go for a book club, but many libraries host, whether it's a conversation or even just a presenter talking about the topic. So that's you out in the local community a lot. I would say like most library things are usually free of charge. So if money is is not something that you have a lot of to be able to invest in, like taking classes or, you know, going to a meditation group or whatever um even just somewhere like the library where you can just like start going there on a regular basis and even if you don't like reading books take your crossword puzzle or take your you know like and just go just go be in the library go be around people and you'll see the other regulars who are there okay here comes my cliff note after hearing you say that ma'am my granddaddy's secret to longevity was do more of the stuff that you love to do. And when I heard Mary mm. say grocery store, I love food. Mm. <laughs> so, no, I'm serious. And I don't want to let my secret out of the bag, but I used to go shopping for women at the grocery store. 
You know, that's where moms and women hang out. You can tell how whether they got kids or not, whether they got a gallon of milk or whether they got just a little pint, <laughs> whether they got a dozen of eggs or a whole flat. You know, there's places. I'm glad y'all brought that up, too, because if I'm a skateboarder, I go hang out where skateboarders are. If I'm a, even man, you said that was a good idea too. Even if you're not a brainy person, you can meet brainy people at the library that might have similar interests in birds, just like you do. Go get a bird sure. book. Yep. <laughs> Sit <Yep>. down. Yep. <laughs> Don't whistle in the library. It's supposed to be quiet in there. But that's a good idea, and that's what we want. We want people not just to listen in, but find a place to get in. We were all on lockdown for a crime that we didn't commit. But now it's time to come out from hiding because everybody wants to be a part of something. So this is my call out for you guys. I'm going to threaten you right here and now on national radio. We're looking for all men, women, boys, and girls to help come together to help make for a better world. We're going to allow you to come into the Hope Foundation. You don't even have to go to the library, and we're live in 90-something countries and speaking in 60-something languages that you can join the Hope Foundation. Oh, I forgot to tell you, we have no hidden agendas. We have no hidden motives on what we do. We have every intention on blessing you, 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 you in the areas of your life that you need to be blessed in. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks, country. And you know, country, if you got better at social media, you'd make my life easier. <laughs> Sweetie, I'm in the northeast Georgia mountains. We got 911 in 2019. I don't care what AT&T says. They can reach you anywhere in the world. They lying. <laughs> we only have one tower in the county. We're talking about 60-something thousand people trying to share one tower. <laughs> Other day, I tried to make a phone call. I saw I had a flashback to the dial-up season. Y'all remember you had to dial up and wait for the internet to connect you. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. Ah, uh, but, but you yeah, know, we want we want the people. We of, want people. You know, a lot of communities have different events in their parks and things like that. Even just yep. going there. Yes. Or go sit yeah. on a bed. Or like, yeah. or almost every community has has that diner where you know, like, if you go sit there, you're gonna catch up on everything that's been happening around. And if you just go, like, even if you just go there and you buy a two dollar coffee a couple times a week, and you just be with the other people who are there, that's a way of reconnecting, of plugging back in, of being around people, of finding your place in the world. And that's gonna give you opportunities to know when to get back. You know, when is the when is the, the Cancer Foundation doing their walk? Well, then you can go walk with other people who, you know, or, you know, things like that. It's going to help clue you into things that might that might suit your interest or that, you know, causes you might want to support. And that's going to plug you into other people and relationships who have similar, similar desires, similar values. And that's, that's what we need. That's what we need, that reconnection. You know, like you brought up a point earlier about social media being, you know, we talk about it being the enemy. But 
No, I always use it, the term unplug. Just shut your phone off. Mm-hmm. No. Social media doesn't run mm-hmm. for you unless you operate it. You know, we mm-hmm. need the willpower and the the authority to say, not today, just unplug. You go through it and, you yes. know, do a cleanse. Yes. Yeah. And that can actually be part of a more like a holistic approach to your life. So holistic, a holistic approach to well-being is rarely about cutting any one thing out of your life. It's about being intentional about nourishing each part of your life. So you can say, you know, like because things are rarely like good or bad inherently. It's how we use them that it's healthy or unhealthy, helpful or unhelpful. And so to say social media absolutely has a place in my life and there's one day a week where that's not my social media day. Or maybe it's the type of thing that that it's like I don't look at social media before a certain time. Like I get up and I do my morning routine and, you know, and maybe journal a little bit and start work and then I don't pick up my – I don't get on social media until 10 o'clock in the morning. Or I don't get on social media after 7 o'clock. It's finding ways to let something be a part of your life, but not in a way that, like you said, that it's running your life. So it's bringing those parts of your life into balance. In the same way that, like, a holistic approach to eating is not like, wow, you can never have dessert. You can never have chocolate cake. You have to cut all sugar out of your life now and forever and always. It's saying, how do I, how do I not you know, chronically feed a sugar addiction in my life. <laughs> like, how do I how do I enjoy sugar um, and dessert and, you know, that flavored creamer in my coffee or whatever it is that you like um, without it being, you know, like the biggest part of my diet? Um, how do I help my body also be able to reset sugar and not have a dependency there? Um, or things like that, where it's not about cutting it out entirely. It's about this, this terrible word that many of us struggle with, moderation. But that's, that's what a holistic life is. And I think even, actually, to go back to this, the spiritual religious stuff, I would say a lot of times, like, what cults get wrong <laughs> is that they make that, they, like, that belief system or that lifestyle or whatever it is that that particular, you know, cult is espousing, like, it's probably at its core, it probably wasn't harmful, but it's almost like it got out of control and it took control of your entire lifestyle and of your entire way of thinking and interfacing with the world. So it's the fact that it's like gone to an extreme, that it's become exclusionary, that it's become controlling. Like it's the fact that like your belief system started running you instead of being a healthy integrated part of your life. Like that's, that's where unhealth, that's where harm comes from. It's been out of, alignment or out of flow or out of balance and we don't actually work to moderate that in a healthy way i totally agree right there when you said moderation my granddaddy spirit jumped up in my life he told me Mm -hmm. when i was a child and i still remember to this very day everything in life you can do in moderation but again Too much of anything good is not good for you. But you shouldn't have to punish yourself like you just pointed out, ma'am, that I can't have cake, I can't have sugar, I can't have that. 
I was reading in that little book again, the divine creator says, I will give you the desires of your heart. So if you like chocolate cake, <laughs> God will give it to you. He just said, don't eat the whole thing in one setting. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yep. You know, and that's and the I, hard part, you know, to cut yourself through that noise. Because, you know, you mm-hmm. see it on every social, on so much on, mm-hmm. you know, social media and online is that, you know, all these diets, all these different things, and it's all about what we can get rid of. And, you know, mm-hmm. the holistic approach has been misconstrued so much in this day and age. To, you have mm-hmm. to get rid of everything. Well, the way they present it, Mary, it's always the way that they present these advertisements is that I don't care who you are, you can be Samson, but it seems like they make it to where whatever you have is not enough. You know, you can't get it, bitch. You can't get it up down there. You don't think about it long enough. You don't get out enough. You don't do this enough. You don't exercise enough. You don't eat, drink enough water. Who keeps telling us that we're not enough? But see, that's why country boy, Mary, I laugh every time I say social media. I I just saw what was happening to the world when social media was involving because they talked about it for 25 years. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. The information superhighway. You're going to get run over the highway. And then I was listening, Mary, I'm going to stop again. I was listening to a song called Computer love. It came out 34 years ago. Is this you I see on my computer screen? Are you my computer love? Even Prince wrote, I'm going to party like it's 1999. He wrote it in 1988, 10 years before 1999 got here. So where, and ma'am, you said it again, I think, Beth, you said it again, not just moderation. I thought you think you threw another adjective in there. You call it balance. Mm -hmm. Everybody, please, this is my last one. Please understand that we've been, I don't want to say, we've been, we've been manipulated in certain things. We'll use time. You need to sleep eight hours. You need to get up in early. You need to be at work at a certain time. You need to have lunch at a certain time. You need to have X amount of sick days per year. We've been conditioned like life is spandex. One lifestyle fits all, and it does not. Moderation, balance, and just find out what makes you a little ticker tick, what makes you happy, what makes you smile. And then the last one, if you really want to be happy, take this definition down. Love is still the greatest gift, the greatest gift, greatest whatever of all, but it's not love until one gives it away. So if you want to be more happy in your life, Work on trying to make somebody else's life better. And what happens in the process of you nurturing something that you love, your love grows too. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I love what you said. So two things that you said that I felt are just so relevant, like talking about how um, marketing and ads like that always, always, 
I I call it, I think they prey on people. Like, I think it preys on people uh, through targeting scarcity and fear and that, that sense of not enough. And so it actually, it actually creates a really unhealthy environment trying to motivate people out of, like, fear or scarcity or, you know, that sense of not being enough. So there's that to be really mindful of in the way you engage. Um, and then you also were talking about how, like, this is not, like, life is not a one-size-fits-all. Like, each person, each person needs something just a little different. And giving yourself freedom to explore, you know, what you said, what makes your, what makes your little ticker tick? Like, yeah, you, like, what is in your heart? What is healthy for you? It might be different than your cousin. It might be different than your best friend. It might be different than your coworkers. And that's okay. Being mindful of what is what is speaking to your heart, what is a healthy lifestyle, what is a healthy rhythm for you, and and embracing that and giving yourself that love because if you're able to if you're the most <laughs> the most judgmental people in those who maybe are the least accepting of themselves. So that, that actually starts inside. They're unhappy with themselves, and they turn that unhappiness out, and they radiate it to everyone around. But if you're taking good care of yourself, and you have that good self-awareness and self-care, that that, that love, that like that's the thing you're going to start giving away. Um, and that's going to what you said, like that's going to complete your happiness. And it's going to it's going to be what comes from in you that's healthy, that's aligned with who you came here to be, and you're radiating that in acceptance and love and kindness all around you. Mary, that's one of the things that I, too, notice that the people that have come and joined the Hope Foundation. My granddaddy said, country boy, if you're the smartest person on your team, then you need to find yourself some new team players. Why? Because what happens in the process is people that are too close to you for too long that love the Mm -hmm. same kind of clothes you love, love the same kind of food you love, and even like the same kind of men you like, it creates something called competition. Modern day Mm -hmm. times, they might call it jealousy. If they transferred the word into another language, they might call it haters. What happens in the process is you don't really, really have your own identity. You start to do things to attract people into your life, and what happens is that they don't complete you. They end up competing with you. Mm -hmm. But over here, we have a team of experts. Joel told me years ago that it was okay for me to call us super friends. We're super friendly. We're super kind. But we work together to help bless humankind. Now, we can't be everywhere, so we've taken the best of the best from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And we'll allow every single person to come in and give and love their very, very, very best. And then that way, you start to find out when you put a lot of people around you, like the Hope Foundation and Lynn Kane, our partner over at the Kindness Campaign, it's still simple. We treat other people the way we want to be treated. And here over the Hope Foundation, we have something called Hope for 
you. Yeah, we want you to be a better you in the areas of your life that you need assistance and help in, and I can assure you that we will help complete you, not compete with you. You know, <coughs> excuse me one second. Um, I just saw an interesting post on social media about, you know, how being a stay-at-home mom is now considered a bad thing and how it's not a job taking care of your kids and, you know, we are going so far to the other end of the spectrum of what we deem in our values based on what other people think that we need to come back. And I love mm-hmm. how you talk about, you know, owning yourself mm-hmm. and being happy with who you are and following your own path mm-hmm. and your own alignment and owning the good and the bad. Especially now, because we are such, we t- you talked, uh, touched on this a little bit earlier about being in this victim mentality. And the society mm-hmm. as a whole, we're embracing this. And it's scary because you're blaming everything else and everyone else for your problems, but you're not doing anything to fix it. Yeah. I like to, to counter that victim mentality with the idea of, of co-creation because I think so I think there's like in well and this goes back to the coaching world I think in the coaching world I've experienced a lot of this energy that's like you know just make up your mind and you know like you can single-handedly change your life just like pull yourself up by the bootstrap mentality and that feels like it's also missing something because the fact is like as humans we are finite and there are circumstances that are outside of our control so we can't fully control either what happens to us, maybe the circumstances that we were born into, the families, the social economic status, the um, you know race, gender, all the things that influence our experience as human beings. A lot of those are outside of our control. But to just give up and be like, well, this stuff happened, or this is where I'm at, or this is who I am, and I can't do anything about it, that's the victim part. Um, but it also feels feels fake or shallow or inadequate to be like, I'm the master of my own destiny and I'm just going to like, you know, make up my mind to be a different person, uh, change my life. So I like this idea of co-creation where you recognize that there are other, um, there are other influence, there are other circumstances that, that, that shape your life but also that you do still have agency, um, that you aren't fully powerless. And so you can learn to work with yourself. You can learn to, to understand who you are and bring more awareness and more intentionality into how you engage your circumstances. And then finding the things that work for you, whether that's, you know what, like I have been very impacted by growing up in a family where um, – you know, maybe there was maybe there was domestic violence, maybe there was substance abuse. And so I've been very impacted by that. I want to heal. So I'm not going to just say, Well, my, my family was like this and so I'm I'm screwed forever. <laughs> I'm just like stuck. Um, it's saying, Well, I can 
I can seek therapy. Like this was definitely impactful to my life, but I can seek out therapy or healing. Um, I can notice what in my life is painful or seems out of balance. and I can seek ways to address that. Um, and I can be creative about it, you know. Um, it doesn't have to be other person's path towards healing or towards growth. But I can, I can work with myself and with my circumstances to co-create a different future and a different reality. And that feels maybe like a more, for me, it feels like a more balanced, to use that word again, and a more realistic approach to life and even just some of the, like, stuff that's, like, totally about positive thinking. Like, I believe in affirmations and I believe in positive thinking. I think those are all good tools. But sometimes it's almost cast as, like, as long as you just, like, think positive and, like, and try to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and have a good mindset, you're going to be able to fix things. And it's like, well, that's a little pie in the sky, but there is a way of, of a realistic way, taking ownership, taking responsibility, but also having the humility to know that not everything is in your control. But at the same right. time, all we all... love, but at the same time, <laughs> you have to give yourself credit for having good ideas. This oh. is an imaginary stage. Einstein says your idea and your imagination is nothing but a preview for your life coming attraction. But at the same time, we have to understand that you can't just have Nike standing around in your ear hollering, just do it, just do it, just do it, just do it, when you have an idea but you have no help, you have no plan. In in elementary school, they used to tell us, Mary, if you do not have a plan, oh, I forgot to tell you, a plan is written down. An idea is something that's in your head. If you do not have a written plan, they used to tell me, country boy, you're planning to fail. What do you mean I'm planning to fail? I got good ideas. They said, yeah, but you have no plan. There's a difference between the two. The plan also inserts people that have knowledge and expertise in areas that you may not. You might be a great businessman, but you might be a terrible accountant. <laughs> you can go to jail for that too, <laughs> you know. So there's again that that balance. It can't be used. It can't be overused. The word balance is what it is. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. You have to be able to be a point in your life to where you can take something called feedback, oh, watch this now, and constructive criticism. Doesn't matter who it comes from or where it comes from, all criticism and all feedback says to you, put yourself in check. I might have not have looked at it from that perspective. Oh, Mary, I'm glad you mentioned that to me. I never thought about it like that. And that's where you guys come in there. That's where you come in as a coach, where you can actually orchestrate and show people certain things that they can do to assure them a successful path. Lynn Kane mm-hmm. says it all the time. Kiss program. Keep it simple. Servant. But why are you going to go back and make mistakes that somebody else has already made in the business and you're getting ready to go into that same business, but you didn't even think to ask somebody? Oh, in the country, we have a little saying, if you don't know, ask somebody. 
besides the Mary, I said I may not be an Internet-driven person, but I do tell you I had a personal assistant for about 12 to 15 years now, and if I don't know, I say, YouTube, come here. Oh, <laughs> that was before ISIS. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. <laughs> Ask questions. Find yourself a coach. Are you guys still there? <laughs> yes, I'm still here at least. I don't know if Mary is. Yeah. I was When you were talking, I was thinking, um, it feels to me like a lot of what maturity is, is maturity is the ability to hold complexity well. I mean, when we're immature, it's like everything has to be, you know, black or white. It's like one or the other. It's like if you're, if you... You know, if you listen to one side of the story, then you have to hate the person on the other side of the story. You know, it's like, whereas maturity has the ability to hold the complexity and say, you know what, like, there's a lot of factors here, and we need to take them all into account. Um, we need to have a diversity of perspectives. We need to acknowledge that there is there are systemic structural issues that affect our life that need to be changed on a, like an organizational and a systemic level. And then there are also no changes that we can make as individuals that we are empowered to do to make the world a better place. And, you know, you have to have, you have to be able to see an issue from a wide variety of perspectives and find the value in each of those perspectives in order to actually arrive at, at a, at a meaningful way forward, a, a meaningful path towards healing or towards growth. And I do view that as like, as, as a coach, I do view that as a large part of my role in working with clients is saying like, okay, like this part of your life feels, you know, really, really painful or really out of, out of balance or out of alignment. And so you're giving all of your attention to it. And that's like, that's important, but let's also see what else is happening in your life. Like let's take your whole life into account and see if we can bring some more balance or, you you're viewing this issue in your life from only one perspective maybe there are some other perspectives like you know walk with me and let's go see some other perspectives that we can see this this challenge in your life from and maybe we'll find wisdom in seeing your challenge from a different perspective and find some keys to unlocking those those doors um and finding finding freedom for you in those issues. So I I love that part of my work as a coach of being able to help people see things from different perspectives, offering them tools and resources that they haven't known about or haven't had access to previously, and really broadening their their <laughs> their toolkit um, for how they approach their life, how they co-create, how they move from being like in that victim space or in that space of immaturity where they can only um, they can only think in in binary terms and being able to open up their their worldview and their tool set to being much broader. So and I, I just especially love to do that with um with women who are who are ready to invest in healing from their trauma and establishing a more holistic life and spirituality. And that's my particular niche that I like to work with is that trauma and spirituality niche. But there's the principles in there apply to every area of life and are just so beautiful and vital. Well, why you you brought up a key phrase? Have, I call certain things you can. Phrase. 
Go ahead, Mary. So you brought up a key phrase, and I deal with this a lot in my line of work, too, is that they are ready to make the change. Yes. Not that someone else can make the change for you or someone's forcing you to do it. It's yes. They are ready. It has to come from the end. Yeah. But yeah, and it, I was going to say pretty much the same thing, Mary, because it doesn't matter how great we are as coaches. The most powerful force in the universe is the power of the human mind, and no one has the power to change anyone mm-hmm. else's mind. Mary, it's amazing when we start talking about hypnosis. Some people are afraid to be hypnotized because they think that you're going to take control over their mind. No, not necessarily. But, see, that comes from not understanding. And then also learning from you, Mary, is not just a teacher but also an educator from learning how you can actually use what you learn, some people call it wisdom, and coach somebody else. Mary, first thing that she had me in her coaching class, she says, country boy, but what I want to teach you, what I want to teach you is you have to be able to take the good with the bad. I said, well, what does that mean, Mary? And she started to fill it in, and she started to give me a little bit more and a little bit more. And then weeks into training with Mary, I go, oh, Mary, oh, I get it, I get it. So when I'm interviewing team players, people I want around me, people I want in my life, people I want to go bowling with, people I want to eat with, people I want to go to church with, I interview them. First thing that I do, Mary, is I interview them on their IQ, their intellect. That's how people will read you their resume, they'll read you their bio, they'll read you all the great accolades in their life. But then I asked Mary, I said, Mary, let me ask you a personal question. Tell me something that you've done over and over again that you failed. I know you told me all these things that you've done and all these things that you succeeded in, but tell me this is an intellect test. This is an intellect. It's just a test on your intellect. Can you talk to me about your failures? I know you talked to me about your accolades and you went to Harvard and graduated from Yale, but can you talk to me about going to jail? What did you learn? In jail, did y'all miss me saying there are certain things you can learn and certain things you can be taught? Tell me what you learned while you was in jail, Mary. Then I'm going to switch you from your IQ button. I'm going to switch you over to your EQ button. I know you're pretty good, but how well do you handle everybody else's emotions, Beth? I know you said Sheila had a bad day. Did you able to deal with Sheila's bad information and your bad information when your boyfriend called you? How is your EQ, your emotional meter, not was just dealing with your stuff? Mary, did you tell me you was a mom? Go away. I don't feel like being your mom today. So your kid had a bad day. Does that mean you're having a bad day, too, at work because your EQ button is out of balance? Oh, I forgot to switch you over like a pancake. We talked to you about your intelligence. We talked to you about your emotions. Now I want to talk to you about your AQ. How well do you adjust and adapt? Did y'all get those two words? Adjust 
and adapt to changing priorities. Y'all heard plan B. What happens if you tried it and it didn't work? Do you have a plan B? Did you totally freak out? Did you quit? Did you throw in the towel? Or did you call Beth for help? Back to you, Beth. You know, Go ahead, Mary. Who do you call? Rotor Rooter? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, the whole foundation. The way you, when you, the way you're talking about things, it reminds me of back in the '80s and about break the cycle. You know, empower yourself to make changes, but at the same time, you know, this is being real and understanding circumstances happen, things happen. Things happen out of your control. In Country Boy's world, a tree fell on his house and broke it. You know, but it's what you do after that that is so important. No, what do you do after you packed all your stuff up in the storage building, you come back the following day and they stole your piano and your guitar and even stole your clothes and your dirty laundry hat, bro. How well do you adjust and adapt? You know what I'm saying? These are the types of things that we're talking about. But see, we have, that's why I wasn't just throwing a term out to y'all. Y'all thought I was talking about some cartoon characters when I talked to you guys about super friends. We have, see, I can, sticks and stones may break my bones, work words may never, y'all heard that all your life. They lied. In the beginning was the word. The words was with God, and the word was God. Words are very powerful, very powerful things. And a lot of times, a coach, Mary, get your little butt in, dear girl. What are you doing back there in the back? Okay, Mary can't be no little soft-hearted person because she has a key. If somebody yells at her, she goes into breakdown. Why? Because she went through an abusive relationship when she was in the kid, and I know she's in the military now, but she can't stand our sergeant yelling in her ear. These are the kind of things that we have to be able to say that we have people in our life that make us balance, that can help. You know what, you guys? I know how to brush my teeth, but I have a dentist that's a professional, and if I need some extra help, I call my dentist. Same with my mechanic. I know I'm a country boy. I know how to change my oil, but I don't. I pay ten ninety five. <laughs> Watch the guy in the shade or in the air conditioner. What we want you guys to understand is this form has been put together and provided to you for a reason at this particular point in time of your life. We're kind of like the resource center. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, we have a Mary. You have to send them to that website to where we have programmed ourselves to help find and provide you with resources and solutions to your problem. We know that the world has all kinds of crazy stuff going on. <laughs> We're not even going to go there. But what we want to go is how can we help you? We got some of the best coaches in the world. We got some of the best connections. Oh, I forgot to tell you. They said it's not what you know. It's who you know. Who do you need to know that you don't know? And don't just sit over there and don't talk. Oh, last one, Mary. They told me to read y'all 
they read me my Fourth Amendment right to have a right to remain silent. But no, life is nothing but a series of choices that we make. I choose to give up my right to remain silent because everything that I say and everything that I do can be and will be used to bless somebody. That's what we do, you guys. Don't just keep me hearing you hearing me say we're in the information stage and knowledge. I said knowledge is power. We want to empower you. How? Because we know a lot of stuff. Why? Because we care. We care enough to share enough information with you so that you'll know. Yeah, you need to know what you need to know in order to be able to grow. Now, how simple is that? Oh, oh, the last part, the last part. And Paul Harvey shows up and says, now for the rest of the story. Friendness and kindness, we just treat other people the way that we want to be treated. How simple is that? So as we wind down the clock, I want to thank you for being here today. What are some parting words? And two, how do people get a hold of you if they are trying, they need you? Hmm. Well, thank you for having me. Um, The way people can get in touch with me is through my website at keziachamplin.com. I'm also on social media, on Instagram at kezia underscore champlin. And you can also find me on Facebook. My Facebook page for my coaching work is The Whole Self. So they could look that up and find that. Um, As far as, and again, uh, I work primarily with women who are ready to invest in themselves through healing their trauma and establishing a holistic spirituality that supports their lives and that empowers them, honestly, to shine their own light and to and to bring back the joy and happiness in their own soul so that they can radiate it around them. Um, parting words, I think maybe just to, like, go back and underline something that we've said, that, like, your journey is about you. To the listeners, like, your life does not need to look like the people around you. It doesn't need to look like the, the visions that were put on you from authority figures when you were a child, um, your healthiest and holiest and happiest self is going to be following, Country Boy mentioned this, like actually those desires in your heart, those desires that were divinely planted in your heart and following that map, letting that unfold and guide you. And if you would like support or accompaniment um, in your journey, I would be honored to co-create alongside you. My last one for you, ma'am. We love you. We knew you was going to become part of the family. We always loved I remember that first day you was on the show. I said, you make sure and come back now you're here. But the last thing, my little nugget that I'm taking away with me today, you said we will work with you. We will coach you. We will care with you. We will nourish you. We will help you to find your own individual light. I love that word right there. God says to remind them, country, I am that I am that I am, the truth and the light. And I got this one from Mary and my grandmama. She says, when you let your 
little light shine, it will unconsciously, did y'all hear that mm-hmm. word? Unconsciously allow other people to let their little light shine also. Every time you show up on our show, the light gets brighter, sweetie. It's almost like you're showing up with an LED. We love you, and the world is going to love for you for what you're doing to allow them to find their individual light. So thank you for joining us, and we'll make sure and we'll be looking for you again next week, sweetie. We love you, and we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. Join us back here tonight at, oh, my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Bob, what time is Gavin's show tonight? Join us back here at 8 p.m. Eastern for Gavin Johns and minoring to the majors. See you back here later. Thank you for joining us. Have a good day. Have a good night. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to Optimize My Life Radio. We hope you found today's show insightful and empowering. Remember to follow us on social media at Optimize My Life for updates.